Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Jesus' humanity. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Llewellyn, and I am the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so this topic of Jesus' humanity kind of comes from your sermon on Christmas Eve. Okay. And I really remember it most from when you were talking to the kids specifically. (laughs) So what were you hoping that those kids took away from your children's sermon about Jesus being human and having the same emotions that they do? I think whenever I have a children's sermon like that, whenever I try to remind kids that they're not alone, that they can have big feelings and that God has had them too, I want them to know that one, feelings are okay. Mm -hmm. That feelings are feelings, that everyone has them and that they're not bad to have. I want kids to honor their feelings. I want them to be unafraid of their feelings, all of that kind of stuff. And I want them to know that part of what is amazing about our God, part of what is important about our faith is that God chose to be human and have those feelings too. And so we're not alone in those feelings. We're not the only ones that have ever had those feelings especially when those feelings are really big and feel overwhelming. Because I think when we're young and feeling things for the first time, that kind of stuff can feel so all-encompassing and scary that I want young ones to have that knowledge that they're not alone in it and that God is with them in it. So all of that is kind of part of it. Do you think they got that from the sermon? I hope so. I mean, I think over time when that message comes over and over and over again, and it's hard right now because we're not seeing the kids as frequently. Mm -hmm. And I think when that message comes repetitively over time, I think it does sink in. In the same way that really having that God loves you no matter what message over and over again for the kids when they were really little, Mm -hmm. it sunk into a lot of them. They got that into who they are young enough that they, as they get older, it does come relatively naturally that they can remember that they are loved. And so if there's opportunity to remind people, to remind the young ones and the adults who are listening, right, that big emotions and things that we feel are all part of of being human, that everyone has them, and that even God has felt these things, that Jesus has felt these things. We are not alone. This is not something that is unique. Therefore, it is not something that is unmanageable. It is not something that is bad or evil or something that is wrong with us when we feel these things. No emotion is bad. We simply need to learn how to choose how to manage our emotions. And how we choose to react to our emotions is what makes us part of our culture and part of how we live in this world. That makes sense. So what about the adults in the room then? What were you hoping they got out of this? Well, I think when I'm doing a children's sermon, I focus only on the kids. 
And so I'm not sure that I had anything in mind for the adults to learn from the particular message of, you know, you're not the only one to have ever felt this emotion before. Ooh, and my favorite part, Jesus burped. (laughs) I mean, because that's really bringing the humanity home, right? Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, I wasn't going to say like Jesus farted. But like, that's still that kind of like human part of like Mm -hmm. Jesus burped. Jesus had siblings. Jesus had a family. Jesus may have like snuck crumbs under the table to a pet. Jesus had, you know, younger siblings, all of that kind of thing. Like, how can we make it clear? Jesus was a human. Jesus was a person with family dynamics and sisters and brothers and All of that, Mm -hmm. you know, and wanting to just make it clear that like a full human had experienced jealousy and sadness and angst and anger and all of the many things of being a human being. And I think there's just such incredible comfort in that. There's just so much that is amazing about the fact that God chose to come and be a human being and be about living this human life. And kids can start to kind of begin to think about those things, but they're too young to really think about all of that implication. Mm -hmm. They're just barely beginning to think that someone other than themselves has such a complex reality. Like literally brains are not meant to comprehend that until you get a little bit older. So... For adults who are listening in on my conversation with kids, we can start to kind of extrapolate more what all of this means. And that's where hopefully adults who are listening begin to really breathe into what it means that Jesus was fully human. Did you pick this particular time of year to talk about Jesus's humanity on purpose? Because let's be honest, for most of us around the holidays, the highs are high, the lows are low, and you got everything in between. It is just jam-packed with everything. Well, I mean, that's what this part of our High Holy is about. You know, Easter is about the end of death. Christmas is about Jesus becoming human. Mm -hmm. About God choosing to be human. Christmas is about the incarnation of God, the incarnation, like Uh incarnate. (laughs) And so this is about being human, taking on uh, flesh and blood. And if we talk about the miracles, I guess in my sermon, I was, I specifically called it out. Like this part of our miracle when we look at the two miracles, Christmas and Easter, when we look at these two massive miracles that we celebrate High Holy Days of, this is not going to change everything. This is just going to tell us that we're not alone anymore Mm -hmm. in everything. What changes everything and says that death will not have the final answer and our stories will never end in sorrow is Easter. This just tells us we're not going to be alone in our sorrows anymore, right? So this incarnate... Word becoming flesh, Jesus coming to live among us and living 33 years of a human existence from infancy through puberty, through teenagerdom, through young adulthood into, you know, the prime of his adult life until his martyrdom, this entire human lifetime, we have this 
gift of time to know that Jesus has lived through a lifetime and has felt all the things that we feel. I'm fascinated by the difference in the approaches that what I feel my Catholic upbringing had, which was Mm -hmm. let's focus on the little details that don't matter about the virginity and the whatever. Mm -hmm. And you don't ever get, at least I didn't, about Jesus's humanity. Even until I came to the Lutheran church is when I was like, wait, wait, you're telling me he had siblings, which would imply at 33, not only did he have siblings, nieces and nephews, and there's so much that he would have experienced that I think most people just don't even want to think about or go there. I don't know why, why we're squeamish about that. Yeah. And we know that he had these siblings because James, his brother, is one of the first patriarchs of the church in Jerusalem. And we have historical data about James in Jerusalem. We probably have more historical data about his brother, like actual remains of writing and his name being etched on stone Mm -hmm. and those sorts of things of James than we do of Jesus. Now, we have lots of writings about Jesus, don't get me wrong, of the papyri and things like that attesting to Jesus, but we have stones and marble and things like that talking about James as the first patriarch in Jerusalem and part of the start of the Christian church. And he is listed, James the Just is the brother of Jesus. And so we have these siblings of Jesus, and we hear about them in the Gospels. Mary and Jesus's brothers and sisters come to find Jesus and say, you have demons, we need to cleanse you of them, we're worried about you, why are you doing this ministry in public, you're going to get in trouble. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, who are you? These are my brothers and sisters. I have come to divide the families, right? Like this incredibly difficult passage to preach on out of, I believe it's Matthew's gospel. And so, right, we know that he has these siblings. And yes, that does mean that he's going to have nieces and nephews and family, family from Mary, blood relatives, which means that descendants of his bloodline still probably exist in Palestine today. And we don't know. There, of course, is so much debate and myth as to whether or not Jesus himself ever had an intimate partner. I wasn't going to go there, but I wanted to go there. Of course, of course. And everyone is always wondering, you know, were he and Mary Magdalene romantically entwined? Did he have any romantic partners? I mean, at 33, you got to sort of figure there's something happening. You wonder, right? And we don't know. And some have said no, that he never did have a romantic partner. We don't know. We certainly don't know. I would posit in my theology, in my understanding, to be fully human. I mean, it could be that he was asexual. It could be that he was aromantic. It could be a gender. Who knows? Mm -hmm. We don't know. We have no writing of Jesus in romantic ways or in sexual ways. I would wonder that there is something there about um, experiencing love There is no doubt to me that Jesus experienced love Mm -hmm. in some way and just the tremendous love of loving people. 
So we just don't know what form that took. There's no knowing. And so it's a unknown. But we do know that Jesus had siblings. And in that time period, that means that he would have had nieces and nephews and, and greater family. Why do you think we feel the need to put Jesus on a pedestal and try to hold him up as this incredibly sacred thing and focus on that instead of the humanity? I think, you know, we talk a lot about Jesus being simultaneously, you know, both Mm -hmm. fully divine and fully human. And this was in the first century, something that was debated a lot is how human was Jesus and how divine was Jesus. And this question of the dual nature of Christ was actually a really big theological debate. And I wonder if this kind of back and forth of a very human Christ or a very divine Christ really goes back and forth across the ages and probably even by the individual. I particularly resonate with a very human Christ, probably because I resonate with that not being alone Mm -hmm. in the very human experiences of life. That's just something that brings me a lot of comfort in my faith, that God knows what it's like, isn't so far above and so far away from us, that God cannot join us in our mourning, cannot join us in our sadness or in our jubilance, but that God understands what it is to feel the things that we feel. And that's a a really big part of my own faith practice and my own faith understanding. And so that matters to me. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think that there are others for whom a God who is so much bigger and so much larger than our pettiness and our day-to-day kind of existence might resonate more with that kind of cosmic, larger, fully divine kind of Jesus. And so I think it also depends upon where you are in your life, where you are and what you need, that you're going to resonate with the different kind of views on Jesus. Do you think this thinking of Jesus as human is just sort of cold comfort for us as humans living in a pretty dark time at the moment? I think it matters greatly. I mean, I'm going to say that because I think it matters greatly, but I think it matters greatly because at any point in time, and I think this goes back to the temptations right after Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been killed, right? So Jesus does his first public act of ministry, turns water into wine, and then finds out that his cousin John has been beheaded. Mm -hmm. And so he knows the cost of this kind of prophetic public ministry. He knows what can happen and knows that he can do these miracles and is likely to cause an incredible amount of attention on himself and goes into the desert and has this like time of being tempted to use this power. And the way that I've kind of come to ponder through these temptations is like, you can show everyone how powerful you are. You can take over the entire world and make it worship you. You can feed yourself and never be hungry again. You can own everything if you just give in to your own desires with Satan as that grand ego 
all you have to do is just follow me and give in to being fully divine. And every time Jesus says, no, I am going to be human. I am going to be with the people because that is why I am here. I am with them right now. I am fully God and I am with the people. I am with our creation. And so I think it really matters. This story would not happen. Jesus's story would not have happened if Jesus hadn't chosen to be with us, but had chosen to rule over us. And it takes that choice of being human to get us to Easter. You know, we can't have Easter without the incarnation. Mm-hmm. We don't get to resurrection without incarnation. And you're not going to get to resurrection if Jesus decides to go fully God. No. If Jesus decided to say, okay, Romans, you're done. Squishy, squashy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you don't get forgive them for they know not what they do. That's fascinating. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. Which emotion or feeling are you most glad that you think he experienced? Ooh. Okay, this is going to be, this is a big answer. Yeah, and you can't say both and. Mm -mm, I'm excited for this. Betrayal by a friend. Ooh. Oh, that's a fascinating one. Not love or, I don't know, giggles or anything like that. Mm -mm. No, betrayal by a beloved friend. Judas was a dearly loved friend and someone who sat with him at the table at the last meal, someone who was trusted and loved, someone who could walk up to him in a park at night and come right up to him and give him a hug and a kiss on the cheek. He was known. He was trusted. He was a friend, a close friend, and a compatriot. He likely wanted Jesus to shine brighter. He likely believed in Jesus so much that he couldn't wait any longer for Jesus to change everything and was pushing Jesus in a way that just wasn't helpful. And for Jesus to understand what it is like to be betrayed by someone that you love and who loves you and to find a way to continue to love them while still setting boundaries or just feeling that loss. Even Peter betraying him in those inevitable moments when friends harm us, when people that we love disappoint us, when our hearts shatter open, to know that God, of course, never intends these things to happen but that God knows what that feels like. For me, it can feel like having a best friend sit next to you and just hold your hand in that quiet stillness of solidarity and that quiet I know. Because that betrayal was so much greater than anything I've ever felt mm -hmm. and came at such a higher cost than anything I have ever had to endure. But Jesus knows what that feels like. And so to have a God who gets it so that in those moments when I, my heart aches and I feel that sting of betrayal and I feel that heartbreak of, but I thought I could trust them. 
I thought they were with me in this. And just to have a God who can be present and send that kind of, I know, is tremendously important to me. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Jesus's humanity. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all so much for gathering along with us on this road. I hope that this topic has intrigued you to think a little more for yourself about how the humanity of Jesus might inform your own understanding and your own theological reflections around Jesus. If you have thoughts, questions, or ideas, please feel free to reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org. And if you are listening along on Spotify or iTunes, shoot us a review, share us with a friend, help other people find this podcast and our giant backlog of recordings that we have been doing for these many years. Maybe someone else will find some good news here. Thanks for listening, and until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.